right, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, great to have you all with us today. Um, another brand new episode, which is great, getting a lot out at the moment. We're talking NFC South today. So we've been doing a lot of these deep dives recently, and we've got a really good one today, a really exciting one. Um, you know, sometimes when you talk about teams, you, you have a team that's, you know, maybe really highly thought of or really poorly thought of. But I like the teams in the middle where, you know, they could have a great year or, you know, it could be... It, it could be a bit of a struggle potentially and I feel like that's what we've got today my guests may disagree so we'll find out about that in a second um, but I think this team's got a lot of potential doing the Atlanta Falcons and obviously um, some great additions this offseason people like Todd Gurley um, an underrated Hayden Hurst coming in uh, but they're also in the NFC South which is obviously a really tough division um, so here to wrap up last season and look forward to this year are uh, Cal and Danny from um, Atlanta Falcons UK you can find them on Twitter and I'll, I'll let them talk a little bit about everything they do in a moment so they can give you a bit more detail on where to find them but they cover all things Atlanta Falcons and they've amassed a great following in a very short amount of time so they're also doing a lot of things right there is stuff on there for all fans and they, they always made that very clear that all fans are welcome but it is an Atlanta Falcons centric page um thanks guys for joining me today how are you both today I'm well thank you I'm good sir yeah I'm good brilliant so um, um Danny do you want to talk just a little bit about your your page for anyone listening or you know who hasn't seen it um you know what kind of things do you talk about and what where can people find you yeah of course uh so like you said we are predominantly a falcons page however we're just trying to build up a an nfl community really so sure. we initially started the page as like a little little bit to do on the side just as a bit of a casual thing but um we've built up a following by chance pretty fast and we've ended up doing our own podcast featuring on other people's uh, we've got an Instagram account and we've just created a YouTube, but we've not got anything on there yet. We're just taking it in, uh, taking baby steps at the minute with that one. But um, you can find us anywhere on Twitter or Instagram and our at is the same. It's ATL Falcons UK. And uh, like I said, it's not exclusively for Falcons. We talk all things NFL. So anyone Brilliant. and everyone. Yeah, it's good to get other people's point of view as well, isn't it? You know, um, you know, especially if maybe they're in the FC South and they're like a Saints fan, it's good to kind of uh, see what they think about, you know, what you're talking about. So, uh, like you say, um, it's great for everyone to go there. And you have amassed an amazing following. Um, and it's a really active page, which is really great. So lots of things for people to interact with there. Um, we're talking about, obviously, the Falcons, for, for the most part tonight, we will touch on the other NFC South teams, but it's it's going to be mostly Falcons. Um Last year was a bit up and down. Um, I'll talk a little bit about my points and then obviously I'll bring you guys in. I really want to get your thoughts on, on last season and what your takeaways were. I thought it was quite an up and down season, um, you know, seven, nine, but won the last four. The offense was very productive, but it was very pass heavy. Um, obviously, Gurley coming in is a big thing if you can stay healthy with Freeman leaving. Defense was solid against the run, but struggled to get to the passer and ranked in kind of the early 20s, which... You know, if you if you're going to compete, which which Atlanta definitely can, it, it's obviously not really good enough. You've got to be near that top ten. Um, Cal, how would you sum up the season, and then we'll pass it over to Danny after. Uh, well, it was actually our first um, Falcons season as actual supporters as well, um, so obviously sure. it didn't get off to, it didn't get off to a great start. Yeah, one um, seven before the bye week, it was a bit. I think we lost that. We lost our first game, which is it's hit or miss, and it you can and then yeah. you win the second one, and you're your confidence that oh getting a streak now and then we end up losing six in a row so sure. even though it was our first and it was there's still exciting point especially the second part of the season we did think there would be changes throughout the season with even the coach but obviously it didn't come but 
to end on a six, six and two in the last eight games isn't too bad. So hopefully if we, if we build on from that, hopefully it, it can only be a positive for this season, you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, no, I agree. It was it was a bit of an up and down season for us, really. But um, we saw enough. We saw enough of us to have faith in what we're capable of doing this season. Like Cal said, starting one and seven isn't great, but if we can start this season anywhere like we finished last season, then we're in with a shot of at least at least going for a wild card spot or hitting the playoffs. So I, I've got a lot of faith in us. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a realistic. Um... Uh, thing to for you to be thinking about, you know, a, a realistic goal. I mean, the wild card, especially with the third wild card spot, is is definitely available for a, for a team with Atlanta's talent. Do you think um, Danny Dan Quinn saved his job um, with that last four wins? Do you think if it, he'd maybe gone two and two, he might have been gone? Yeah, it, it, in short, yes. But uh, as a person, both myself and Cal absolutely love Dan Quinn. So he's sure. a proper man. He's a proper man manager. He, yeah. You can see the passion in him every single game. It doesn't matter if you if you're losing by a heavy score. Every time, any points that we get, anything like that, you can see his commitment to the team. The players clearly want to fight for him, regardless of what people on the outside are saying. People on the inside are fighting for him. Not many teams are going to drop a one and seven and then turn that around with a six no. and two without any heavy changes. And that can only be down to him. He made a couple of reshuffles in the coaching staff and, and to, to finish a season like that. Of course, yeah, he has saved his job. And then he, he's got another opportunity this season to go again. Uh, just to finish looking at last season, um, uh, Cal, I'll come to you for this. What, what do you think the Falcons' biggest strength and weaknesses coming out of last season? So before, you know, the draft and before free agency, just coming out of last year, what what would you have said, that's our Achilles' heel and this is what we're really good at? Especially, uh, start, we'll start with the defence. The defence is obviously a problem in the first yeah. eight games. Uh, but after that, the stats improved, the sacks improved. But overall, the defence was our major problem, even though our, also our offensive line I think Matt got sacked 50 odd times which is, yeah. is way too many you're never gonna you rarely get into the playoffs if you're getting sacked 50 odd times but hopefully this year with a few added additions etc hopefully we should be all right uh, I think our running game is we've got girly now so it's one of them where you've yeah, it has to it has to improve you've got one of the best with his injury I know he's got problems with it but he's, he is one of the best when he's fit, without a doubt. Uh, so yeah. if our running game improves, we know what Matt Ryan can do with the ball in his hand. I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. If your all line improves, we're, I think we'll be more or less there to at least get, well, we'll definitely be an improvement. I can't see us doing worse than last year at all. Do you think, because um, you, you spoke about Matt Ryan there, and, and it's something I wanted to touch on with you guys being obviously Falcons fans and, and you know, w- watching the games very closely. Um how underrated, if you think he is underrated, which I imagine you do, um, Danny, how, how underrated do you think Matt Ryan is? Uh, for me, unbelievably. And I don't think that will change regardless of his regardless of his stats that he drops year in, year out. So, of course, yeah. he had the 2016 MVP season. And because of the way that that season ended, he still didn't get the appreciation or the credit that he deserved for putting up numbers like that. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he's probably one of those players that's going to end up being appreciated a hell of a lot more when he calls it time on his career and people look back and think 
Jesus, like we we really like overlooked him throughout his career. Because for me, and of course there is a bit of bias, but for me, he's pushing a top five quarterback in the division, regardless of the names that are in there at the minute. So I think he's heavily underrated. Yeah, I think you know, I I think I think there definitely is um, a, a sort of narrative that's that's unfair about him at the moment. I think. Sometimes, you know, the teams around him haven't been great and the division's very tough and he usually does put up good, good numbers. And um, I think, like you said, that Super Bowl is a bit of a weight around his neck. You know, yeah. I think Shanahan took the majority of the blame and, and sort of rightly. And, and Matt Ryan obviously had to take blame as well. You know, he, he's the one who took the sacks when, <clears throat> excuse me, he was on one or two read plays where it's, look, it isn't there, throw it away, we'll take the field goal. And he took the sack and, and it's inexcusable. But I think unfairly too much has been landed on him and people still see that guy, which I think is very unfair. A bit like Matt Stafford. I think, you know, they're much better callbacks than perhaps people think just because they don't win Super Bowls doesn't mean obviously they're not very good. Um, Okay, I mean, you've talked about some of the new additions. Um, Obviously, Todd Gurley's the the sort of star addition this offseason, assuming he stays healthy, which in fairness, despite all this stuff about his knee, weirdly he's actually been quite healthy for the Rams so it's funny that we have this massive <clears throat> problem with this injury despite the fact he's actually not missed that much time um assuming he's healthy Cal you were talking about it earlier how much of a difference could that make to the offense do you think oh without a doubt it gives us another option doesn't it like we know what Matt Ryan can do with the ball in his hand but yeah as soon as you have a running game added to that it's you, you think you'd be unstoppable um obviously with his injury but it's like what you said then it's I think more maybe might have happened behind the scenes of the Rams to like let him go, etc. Uh, yeah. But even his stats last year, he pushed. I think he got twelve touchdowns, which yeah, is absolutely. It's, it's still not bad, is it? And Brilliant. I think our running backs last year got eight in between four of them. So if he hits twelve again and only gets say nine hundred yards, I think we'll be fine. I think one of the things we've got to do use him is especially in the the red zone, use him more compared yes. to. Getting down the pitch, obviously you can you bring him in and out, but we have other Ollison, Smith and Hill who can do could do the yardage as well and then it, you know what he's like in the red zone, he's unbelievable. That's so, his next threat and I think yeah. if we can we can do that, I think I can't see I can't it's not even someone mentioned it the other day saying, Oh, it's a bit of a like oh he's not gonna do well, etc. But I think it hits five mil on our cap, which is not it's not a lot. If it's he not. explodes, if he gets twelve touchdown, touchdowns, that five million's paid up straight away. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're, you're absolutely right. You've got it um, just here, five and a half million. Um, you're absolutely right, which is nothing for a player of of obviously that talent. Um, and it, and it's obviously a one year deal. So I mean, if if he does, if he if he is a shell of the guy he was, you can just cut bait at the end of the year and and get rid of him. And you know, if you look at your uh, like you said, the Matt Ryan MVP season, you had uh, Tevon Coleman and Devontae Freeman running the ball really well. And actually, a lot of the rest of that offense is, is still here. Um, you just needed those those running backs again. Um, Danny, I mean, what what other uh, off-season trades or free agent pickups stand out to you? To me, another, I'll go with another offensive one to start with, would yeah. be Hayden Hurst. Um, so, yeah. although he's pretty unproven in the league in terms of the amount of snaps he's had and the amount of opportunities he's been given, I just think that the, the bits of play that he has had, you can see that he's got a hell of a lot of quality sat there waiting and he just needs a consistent run of games to show what he can do. He, he, he's got the build for it. He's got the athleticism. 
he's definitely he's definitely just waiting to to show everyone what he's capable of and like we say a million times over Matt Ryan loves his tight ends he's going to lay it off to him all the time and he's going to get a lot of opportunities to to show everyone what he can do so even though of course we lost a quality player I think he's a pretty pretty solid replacement in my opinion yeah and uh, you know funny enough um, I think a lot of him actually um, he went under under my radar I won't deny it um, and then I was talking to someone on my podcast and they, they were a massive fan of him and it really made me look at him and um, I've completely changed my mind and um, uh, I think he'll be really good in Atlanta as you say Matt Ryan likes his likes his tight ends always has and um, I uh, I'm actually sitting on a a, a dynasty draft that's going on a bit later <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of praying that Hayden Hurst is still there when it comes around to my pick um so that's the that's the offense you know we've got a couple upgrades there which is nice um what do we think about Dante Fowler because I he was he was good in LA and he was good before that in Jacksonville but he never seemed to be dominant I would say uh, but the the Falcons have paid him dominant money you know he averages 15 million a year so do you think and also you need pass rushes um you know you're you're a bit light in that area do you think and Vic Beasley's gone do you think um Cal that he could be that guy or do you you worry maybe they overpaid a little bit um it's one of them with I do I I, it's a lot of money but I think with the season he had last year and with the guys he has around him this year um, he hopefully he should succeed again. I think the money thing's always it makes me laugh in NFL with the money. You can literally have one good season and you'll be on yeah. five million and straight away you're up to eighteen million in a season. Yeah. It's it's quite a a funny thing when you think about it. Uh, but if he he's got like eleven and a half sacks last year, which is it's I think Beasley got seven or eight, but he it's like in the last few seasons, even though it was only like fans from last year, we like looked on past stats and past comments yeah. on these and it was more he improved later in the season every time it's like he tried to improve himself so he'd get that contract at the end and I think even though he did end he ended up well doing well at the end of last season I think it was just time for him to go and I think with Fowler coming in I think he's got a good he's got Deion Jones next to him um, other players in front of him Grady Jarrett uh, I think it, it can only be a success I think it's obviously a lot of money like you mentioned but it's a player we needed, and yes, you did, our defense yes. was overall shocking last year at times. So I, can <laughs> yeah. only see, I can only see it improving in the team. Brilliant, yeah, and and sometimes you've got to overpay, haven't you, for the guy you really want? You just yeah, you, you have yeah. to overpay, and it's not like they paid him crazy money; it's just premium money. Um, someone I want to talk to you about, Danny, was Desmond Trufant, obviously a stalwart for a long time in the secondary in Atlanta, and he's gone to Detroit now. Um, he's on ten million a year there, so obviously that was something Atlanta didn't want to pay him. Do you do you think it was time for that move, or do you think that's going to leave a bit of a hole in the secondary? It's another hard one, really, because of course he's twenty nine now, and he's been a pretty good player on and off, but he's not been heavily consistent over no. the last couple of years, especially with us our two back to back seven and nine seasons. Um, I'd always give players another opportunity whenever it was possible. But when you've got people that are capable of coming in and potentially upgrading your positions, then I think it is time to go. And I'd I'd much rather see him go out in and still be regarded quite highly as opposed to leaving when he's had two, three, four poor seasons on the bounce. And then you just think nothing of him when he has been a good, 
he has been a good servant to the team. He's been a, a top player at times. He's just not always been up there quite as much as, as you would have anticipated at the start. Sure, he's had some injuries as well. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's been on and off for a while, but I I don't I don't think it's just injuries as well. I think sometimes some players just aren't regularly consistent, are they? It, yes. He's he's he still had a like an all right season last year. Still four interceptions and things like that, but it's just it's just not always it's not always it's better to move on sometimes, yeah. isn't it? And have a fresh That's start. It. And then you knew you'd have to pay him, which which obviously changes things as well. Um, just uh, sort of a roundup on on um, free agency and and the trades that the Falcons have made. Uh, starting with Cal, you know, what's your overall impression? Are you happy with what they did, or is is there some glaring areas you'd like them to sort of address? No, I think overall it's been pretty well. I think we still need a few players signing, a few depth signings in. Okay, maybe another line. A linebacker, another, another defensive end. I think people have been saying uh, just for the depth, really. We know, and no, the main one is I would say cornerback as well. Without yes. doubt, just definitely. Even though yeah. we've we drafted our number one pick was drafted, but I think our three cornerbacks are all under twenty five. I think so. Yeah. It'd be good to get a, a good vet behind them, so especially to learn off as well. Uh, yeah. so hopefully, well, obviously, there's another couple of months until the season and if it goes gets going or not is another question but I think another few two two or three more signings and I think we might be there with the defence is that is that your impression as well Danny or is there anything else you'd like to bring up no no I agree although AJ Terrell for for me is a good pick I know he wasn't the name that a lot of people were after for a cornerback but for me he's a good pick um but he is young as is the rest of the our people in those positions so it it's one of them. Even if you bring a vet in on a uh, like a mid-range contract, whether they play sixteen games or whether they are on and off, so you're mixing them in, say eight games with them, and then sharing the rest out between other players. I think you do need someone there coaching them through it because the only way they can completely improve as players is by watching someone that's been there and done it all in action. I think that's probably that, along with getting your minutes and your snaps in, is your your best way to to improve so I, I'd definitely look for a bit more depth if we can sure absolutely and then a lot of rosters are obviously filled out at this time of year so it's a good time of year to be doing it um you both talked about the draft so we'll, we'll sort of segue to that now um Danny you just sort of, sort of talked about AJ Terrell and it wasn't the pick that a lot of people saw coming it's not a pick I saw coming but what I will say is obviously you had to go corner so that makes a lot of sense and I have seen people um one of them being um Chris Sims, I remember looking at his cornerback rankings before the draft, and he had AJ Terrell second, I believe, um, behind Jeff Akuda. So, you know, I, I think there were definitely people out there who thought highly of him. Um, were you surprised at the time and having some time now to think about it? Um, what are your impressions of the pick? At, at the time, I was I, I was a bit taken back because we were rumoured to, to be going for so many different names and so many yeah. different positions and things like that, and and when it's someone that had been talked about, but pretty low down talked about, as in it could happen, but it's very unlikely that they'd go for this player, you're always a bit like, well, what's happened there? But then the way in which uh, Dimitrov and Dan Quinn spoke about him after the selection, of course, you're always going to hype them up a little bit. Of course, yeah. But they almost make it sound like it was always the plan and that they've they've put a heavy, heavy amount of research into him and, and done a lot of a lot of analysis on him. So you, you can only trust the people in charge, can't you? And 
when you look at his last season, two interceptions and 39 tackles, seven pass breakups, they're, they're pretty good stats. They're pretty consistent stats. And of course, he was playing for a, a pretty winning side with Clemson Tigers, 14 and one, I think they finished yeah, or something along so, those lines. Yeah. And, until, of course, the, the last game. But you, yeah. you can't judge a player based off one game. So no. I think if you look back at the rest of the season, I think he'd, we can agree he probably will be a pretty good acquisition. And he's going to be in there pretty early days, isn't he? So yeah, absolutely. He's got yeah. a great he's got a great opportunity to prove himself and and stop all the talk about him not being the option that we should or wanted to go for. Yeah, he's obviously come from a very good college, as, as you mentioned, and uh, he is going to have to step in straight away. Um, Cal, do you think, um, just going through some of the players you've got, defensive tackle in round two, centre round three, linebacker round four, safety round four, and a punter in round seven. Um, do you think, uh, ignoring the punter to an extent, because obviously yeah. um, they, they'll they have a one-on-one competition probably between two punters and one of them's going to start. So obviously he's got a very good chance of starting. But of the other four guys, do you think any of those will be starting players come week one? I think week one, it may be obviously our second round pick with Davidson and yeah. Hennessy with our third round pick. I think maybe not week one, but especially like week three slash four. I reckon they're both in. I think there's rumours, obviously Matt Hennessy's a centre, but they've been saying he could challenge for the left guard as well. Okay. Um, and obviously with Matt being our centre... And got maybe he's still got two, three seasons left in him, I reckon. But yeah, he's learning off one of the best, and he's one of the best centers in the league, without a doubt. Oh, he is, uh, anyway. Um, so even if he's at left guard, he'll definitely improve with what we've got. Um, Davidson, he's he's li- he'll be learning off Grady Jarrett, who's obviously one of the best mentors out there, without a doubt. And Danny will agree with this, he's he's by far our most exciting pick. If you oh, watch the God. <laughs> <laughs> he made a few comments in like uh, the combine. Um, do you remember what he exactly said, Danny? The, don't quote me on it word for word, but the the <laughs> gist of it basically was the reason that he loves playing the sport so much is that he can step onto a field and hit a man as many times as he wants without the police coming for him. Yeah. And for someone to have that mentality, I know it sounds a bit crazy in one way, but yeah. What what else do you want you what else do you want players on your defense to want to do? You Absolutely. want to hit players, you want them to take them out of the game, and you want them to stop them doing what their offense doing what they want to do. And uh, it, it's not just his ability that that hypes us up; it is literally his whole person. Is of course a lot of people from other teams won't have watched many of his interviews and things like that, but he's such a he just draws you in so much. His personality is is just so yeah. so good to to hear and to be around, and he's saying he's all the right his, things. Yeah, he's his attitude as well. I think that's what we yeah sort of missing. We need we do everyone don't like you have like attitude players, but is his attitude like perfect? You want someone uh, sort of egging the opposition team on, etc., giving them a bit of stick. I think that's what we want. That's what I think yeah. we've been missing the last couple of years, especially. So um, I think yeah, especially. First three would be to be in the, the lineup by week four without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think um, it, because I'll ask you something here, and um, you know, or feel free to rebuke me completely. But I, I I really like the fact you've latched onto that attitude thing because my perception as an outside NFL person, you know, who <laughs> you, you looks at it a lot and commentates on it, you know, a good amount, um, is that Atlanta is soft and. Um, I think if if you get after them physically, they don't like it. 
that's an outside perception. You guys, uh, as, I, as I said at the start, are closer to the team. Do you think that's part of the reason they took him? So he can give you that edge? Or do you think that perception's wrong? No, I, I take that 100%. That's You've smart. only got to look at the first half of our season, one and seven. The amount of times that, that we went, say, a touchdown behind and we rolled over, we didn't show fight, we didn't look yeah. like we were ever getting back into some of these games. And it was nothing to do with the offence because they were they were doing the best they could with the situations they were being put in. But every time we scored a touchdown, you pretty much knew on the first play of the next like the next time around that they were going straight back at us. And that's just because the defence couldn't solidify. I know that, of course, we improved as the season went on, but... Th- the players were still the same people, so you've always got the like the possibility of having another blip and someone's mindset going, or somebody not being as confident in themselves course, as they should yeah. be. Like, of course, you want Davidson to be able to to walk the walk as well as he's talking the of talk course, at the yeah. moment in time. But if if you have a I'm going to do this mentality, you've got a hell of a lot better chance at succeeding than you have if you're thinking I'm okay, but you never know, like you know that sort of like down on yourself. Yeah. And right, right there, you summed up why I could never have been a potential uh, professional athlete for that exact <laughs> reason, because that's exactly my mentality. So, you know, these guys do need to have egos, don't they? They're going into it to, a, a, you know, a warrior sport and they, they need that ego. Um, just finally, um, Danny, on um, the round four picks, because I think round four for me, I don't know whether you guys agree, is kind of the last round where you're picking people you hope will start. Obviously it'd be great if everyone started, but realistically round four is kind of the last round to me. So you took this, a safety and linebacker there, obviously both defensive picks, which are your weakness and one a safety obviously in that secondary, which is probably the biggest weakness. Um, do you think either of those will get significant time early? Immediately, probably not, because we've got a lot of people coming back from injury. We've got Keanu Neal and people like that that are probably going to play in and and play in these positions. And and rightly so, because, of course, when you've been out for a long injury, it doesn't mean you lose your ability. Um, But both Hennessy and Walker have definitely got something about them. They've got talent there, and I'm more than confident that they'll get enough playing time to show it. I don't think it'll be as imminently as the first three picks. But I can definitely see it happening. And all it takes is, touch wood, it doesn't happen, but all it takes is one injury and they, they become you're the first or second yeah. choice and you're getting a hell of a lot of game time. So, um, oh, sorry, I, I just realised I said Walker. I said Hennessy and Walker then. I meant Walker yes. and Hawkins. But you got my point. Yeah, yeah, I got Yeah, 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 no worries. Um, so, I mean, I know some people don't like draft grades. I quite like draft grades. I get, I get it's a bit ridiculous grading it straight away when it's best to grade it in five years. But I like to have fun. So I, I want to do some grades. I don't care if it's scientific or not. Um, so, um, Cal, a, a rough grade for the Falcons draft this year. What would you I would it? say... I think overall, we've, I'd go with a B. Cool. Because yeah. we've gone for the positions we needed, which is obviously defensive. I don't know, we've got Hennessy as a centre, which is also a great pick because we need, because Mac will be retiring in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, we've gone for the positions we needed, the people that have left, etc. So I'd go with a B, without okay. a doubt. Real And Danny? Uh, to be honest, I'd take the same, like we said earlier. Sure. Not all of the people that we've signed were the names that we were expecting, but we've covered the positions that we required in the best way that we could in the draft. So I've got yeah. no complaints at all. And I think in some ways as well, you, you were restricted from making any real splashes. Like, you know, um, instead of taking AJ Jarrell, trading up into the top 10 and taking one of the best pass rushers because you had so few picks. 
yeah um it, it's hard to make a splash like that so i think i think you're absolutely right i think i think you're sort of bang on there um moving on to the schedule for next year um it's <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's an interesting one um <laughs> obviously um the, the nfc south itself is brutal um as we know and then you've got some up-and-coming teams like the broncos and then some more old stalwarts like the, the packers and the vikings um what what are your sort of immediate takeaways from from the schedule how uh, how difficult i suppose do, do you see it being for a team that as we said at the beginning is talented the falcons are no doubt talented um how do you see that schedule do you think uh, it's I'll do it. Um, it's worked. Well, we'll both put into it, but it's one of the. I think it's been rated the fourth or fifth hardest. hardest. Um, so I think it's even the starts like Seahawks, Bears, Panthers. Oh, then last night at all. Yeah, it wrongs. Seahawks and Cowboys straight away. It's even. Yeah. Oh, it is one of the hardest by far, and I think I was saying that we need to be by the bye week. We have to be in a positive of wins to losses to give us a chance. Okay. After the bye week, you've got the Buccaneers twice, Saints twice, and then you got the Super Bowl champions from last year as well. Um, it's one of the hardest, but you've got overall you've got to beat the best to win it. It's yeah. one of them. It. I agree. agree with, this obviously the schedules change all the time, like every year, etc. But it's one of them. You you you'll have the hardest one, not matter. You'll get the hardest schedule if you get to the Super Bowl, no matter what. You've got to play every team. You got to play all the best teams yeah. to get there. So I'm not. We're not using that as an excuse. It is one of the hardest, but if you are the best team, you will. You'll get through it, no matter what. Uh, and Danny, obviously, your division doesn't help. It 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 does not. It is improving by the year. Um, like of, of course, for the last handful of years, the Saints have pretty much had a, a walk in the park with it, which I'm bitter to say, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I'd say they they've improved a fair bit. They've got some pretty good acquisitions into the team. We've improved heavily compared to our last couple of years, 100%. Of course, the books have, uh, uh, by name, have probably improved more than anyone else. However, I'm still not going to buy into the hype quite as much as some people are. I think they're going to have a brilliant season, but there's people labelling them Super Bowl contenders already and stuff. And Brady's unreal and Gronk's unreal, but I, I don't think that it just gives you a free pass at a Super Bowl. You've got a hell of a lot more players in that squad that need to step up to the mark and I would not want to exclude the Panthers either I don't think they'll be right up there this year because of course they've got new coaching staff and a, yeah. a lot of new players in and with everything that's going on they've not had the opportunity to to like have as much time with each other as that you normally would you'd already usually be doing proper workouts and getting in there so I, I'm thinking that might that go against them a little bit but it's for me it's probably the most competitive division Bar one or two, maybe, but it's right up there at least. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I, th- I think it probably is the toughest, but we, we can talk about that a bit more later. Um, so what I would like to do um, with my guests is do a bit of a, a schedule run and um, have you guys say win or loss. Just sort of first instinct, you know, we can all analyse it to death, but it's kind of fun to do it on first instinct and then see what record you came out with. So I did this earlier, so I've got a record for you. It'd be interesting to see how much we agree on that. So, uh, Danny, if you do the first game and then Cal, if you do the second, Danny, Cal, Danny, Cal, if yep. that's all right, and we'll, we'll yep. all have a bit of a go cool okay um first game is uh seahawks at home hard game but win definitely a win and then uh cowboys away i'd say a loss for that one 
Okay, and then Bears at home. Win again. Okay, and then uh, Packers away. Win. Okay, Ooh. and then uh, Panthers at home. I'm going to go win, but it'd be the most Falcons thing ever not to win that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Vikings away. Lose. Okay. And then uh, Lions at home. Win. Okay. And then Panthers away. I think we'll win that one. Okay. And then yeah. Broncos at home. Uh, I'm going to go lose for a weird one. I don't know yeah. why. No, I, I, I can see that. Broncos are one of those up-and-coming teams that might shock people. Yeah. Um, the Saints away. Oof. Lose. Okay. Uh, Raiders at home. Win. Uh, Saints, are, uh, Saints at home. We'll win that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> <That's new>. <laughs> <laughs> Charges um, away. Uh, go for a win with that one as well. Okay. And then Bucks at home. I think we'll lose that one. Okay, and then Chiefs away. Uh, that's that's a hard one. I'm going to go for a loss on that one. And finally, Buccaneers away. We'll win that one. Okay, win. cool. That was good. So we came out at ten and six in the end. Um, do you, does that sound about right to you guys from what you've you've thought in the past? <laughs> what is weird yeah. enough is we've both done predictions and we've both gone for ten and six, even there though the go. matches that we went with then I don't think were quite the same as in like. When you sit and think about it and you analyse it a bit more, you come with a completely different outcome, don't you? That, yeah, that's why it's quite fun to do that kind of first instinct because it, it's quite fun because, like you say, it's not quite as analytical because you'll forget someone in a minute. You'll go, oh, that guy plays for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that'll yeah. throw us over. But uh, <laughs> really interesting. Okay, so 10 and 6. So that, that's really good. So um, so don't shoot me. I went 8 and 8. Um, so obviously a couple of games that uh, I didn't see you winning that uh, – uh, you guys did, although I think there's ones I saw you guys winning that you saw you losing. So it's quite quite an interesting mix. Um, so just kind of have a bit of a go at, at, at my NFC South division rankings. I just want you guys to give me some feedback on that. And then we'll talk about how you rank the teams going into next year. So I've got the Saints at 12 and 4. Um, I think they're going to have a really good year. I think they're just loaded. And I think there's going to be momentum behind the fact that Drew Brees is last year in inverted commas because he'll probably come back next year. But right now, it, it'll give them that momentum. I think Emmanuel Sanders is, is an incredible signing. I think that'll work really well for them. And they've got the mental edge. They've bossed this division. for, As you said earlier, I think it's Danny. You know, they've they bossed it for a few years now. Yeah. Um, Bucks 10 and 6. I'm kind of like you guys. I'm not really buying into the hype. Um, I think as a as a Patriot fan, I, I saw Brady and Gronk, and I'm not going to be a bitter a bitter Patriots fan. <laughs> they they have not declined massively. The, these people who are like, oh, they're rubbish. It's good we got rid of them. Obviously not. Um, but at the same time, Gronk is very injury prone. He's not going to play a lot of snaps. I think he's going to be on a snap count lower than Gurley. Um, and I think Brady is still an absolute surgeon and incredibly clutch, but. I don't, you know, if you get in a shootout with them, if the Falcons' offense and the Saints' offense can get in a shootout, I, I don't know that he wins many shootouts anymore. He used to be able to, but he was underrated for that. He could score a lot more points than people thought quick. But I think it's just starting to degrade now. So I've got them at 10 and 6. Uh, you guys at 8 and 8. Um, I just, I've got to see your defense. I completely believe in your offense. I think your offense is as good as the Bucks or the Saints. Um, I, I really do. Um, maybe a shade behind the Saints, but not 
not much, uh, especially if Todd Gurley's playing. I just, I've just got to see your defense play. And, and as you guys were saying earlier, actually fight and actually make plays and make stops. And so until then, I can't give you that nine or 10 wins that I'd like to. And then I've got the Panthers at 5-11. and 11. They might be a better team than that, but there's two problems. A, they're massively inexperienced. And, you know, they've got a very young team, very young coaches. But also, they're in a really tough division. So in another division, they might go 7-9 or 8-8, eight and eight, but they're in your division. And so I think 5-11 and 11's sort of a best-case scenario. Um, starting with Cal, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think with the Saints, I agree. Um, even though it's our biggest rivals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, they are the strongest team in the division. Of, but I think we will push them. Um, with the Bucks, we went... That me and Danny said a nine seven, so a close yeah. one. And we agree with Brady. He's, his age don't mean he's obviously slowed down a bit, but he can he can still pull out wins Absolutely. out of his backside. Basically, he's he's class. <laughs> there's no argument about that. I agree with Gronk as well. I think with his um, injury, uh, like you said, he's quite injury prone. Um, but I think when he does, I think he will. When he does, does if he only does so many snaps, I think he will be a Good big play for them, and then yeah. the wide receivers they've got, uh, they're probably the best two, uh, without a doubt, together as in the pairing, uh, one of the best. So, with Brady, yeah, I think we said, um, I think we said there could be three teams going to the playoffs. I uh, think they could, from our yeah. division. um, especially. I think, I think there's an, is there an extra one this year? Is that a comfort? There, there, there is, there's a third wild card spot in both conferences. Oh, it could be, especially with one of the being one of the hardest divisions. If you agree with that, and then Panthers, uh, I think we had them at six or seven wins, or maybe six. Uh, it was sure. more for the the rebuilding, the other rebuilding team, and I think with the new coach, what Danny said earlier, and what you've mentioned, with it being a harder division, it is obviously harder um, overall to pick the wins up. But I reckon, I reckon don't I don't think they'll be that bothered if they get like a six. Six wins, but show improvement throughout the team as well. You don't mind the, the loss if you're a rebuilding team and you lose it, but you are showing you're losing by a couple of points. You know, you, you're more or less there. It's a couple of points in it all the time, and you obviously the year after you'll improve again. Uh, absolutely, uh, I think- two two great points I want to pick up on there. I think you made an absolutely great point about the Panthers and and same with people like the Bengals and it was same with the Cardinals last year. The Cardinals obviously won more games than people thought, but also they were in basically every game bar two or three. And that's why everyone's so psyched this year because they're thinking, well, if you were that close last year and now you've got DeAndre Hopkins and and players like that, then you know that that should tip you over into more wins. And the third wildcard spot, I think you're absolutely right. I mean even the way I've got it worked out, which is a bit less optimistic um, than you guys have. And I don't mean that in relation to the Falcons. I mean, the whole division's got a few more wins than in my version. But even in my version, the Saints would automatically qualify. The Bucks would 100% be in at 10-6. and six. All the Falcons would have to do is probably win one more game and go 9-7. and seven, And on an average year, you'd get in the playoffs. So I, th- I think you're absolutely right about that, that there's absolutely no reason three teams can't come from here. Um, what's your thoughts um, on the on the standings, Danny? Uh, I'm pretty much the same as you both. In, in slightly out on the scoring, but in terms of where sure. teams are going to finish, I'm the same. So I've gone 12 and four for the Saints, for the same principle as that it could be uh, it could be Breeze's maybe penultimate season, maybe sure. last season, depending on how it goes. I think. Um, and they've just got a hell of a team. You can't knock them for anything at the moment in time. So 
I know we shouldn't say things like that, but you've got to be fair. <laughs> you've got to be yeah, fair. You have, you have. <laughs> so I'd have them on a 12 and 4, us on 10 and 6. Like Cal said earlier, I think we went for the books at 9 and 7. Sure. Um, but it's, it's give or take a game either way. They could Absolutely. end up on 10 and 6 the same as us. They, they could end up on 16 and 0. I have no idea. <laughs> it could all click for them or it could just yeah. all be hype. So we're just waiting on them. And for the Panthers... I've not really chosen a score at any point for them, but you're probably about right. It'll definitely be a losing season in terms of the the ratio, but I don't I don't think it'll be too heavy for them. Like we've said, it's going to be a learning curve when you bring new coaching staff in and you don't always have the opportunity to train as much as you'd want to. It's going to be hard. So I I think they I think they'd take a five. Well, I, they'd probably take six wins realistically. Yeah. They'd probably be reasonably satisfied, and then like you said, next season then they build on that and that they could have a hell of a team themselves. Yeah, I think I think they'd be they'd be very happy with that. I think anything over four wins, I think they'd be very happy with. And I think it's it's good, like you say, I know it's hard to praise your rival team, but <laughs> like like you say, we've got to be honest. I mean, I I, I said um this whole off season that the Bills should win the AFC East. Um I'm not necessarily saying they will. I am predicting them to, but I can see a scenario where they choke because they're not used to being ahead. You know, the Patriots have won it for so long. Do yeah. the other teams know how to win it mentally? But, I, you know, they're, they're easily the better team. So the, the, the Bills should certainly be winning our division. Um, I've got a bold prediction. Um, I, if you guys have got one, great. If you haven't, don't worry. We can just talk about mine. Um, so my bold prediction is that Todd Gurley, if healthy for the whole season, has his best statistical season ever. Because I look at your team and I think, Right. What made him successful in L.A.? A great play caller. And I think that's something you you guys have got good play callers, but I wouldn't say you've got a great play caller. And I think that's the only way that you fall behind on this. But in every other way, I think you're as good or better. So you look at the quarterback. I take Matt Ryan. You look at the receiving court. I would take the Falcons receiving court. Only just, but I would take it. <laughs> um, I think you are in a dome, which L.A. aren't. You play on a racetrack field. It's like a carpet. Um, So it's all about scoring points. I think you you play in a pass-happy offense, uh, although obviously you're going to run the ball more this year with Todd Gurley, uh, and he'll he'll give you a lot there. But you're in a pass-happy offense. He's great in the passing game. So there's no reason he won't contribute there. And I just think if he can, and he's going to be motivated, how pissed off is Todd Gurley <laughs> right now? You know, he should, this should have been his crowning glory. This should have been the Rams going, here, man, here's a load of money. Yeah. Be, be our MVP. No offense to you, Jared Goff, but we're going to run our offense through Todd Gurley. You yeah. go and sit down and let him run the ball. And that should have been, and it's all been snatched away from him. So I think he's going to be pissed. Um. So I, I, I think he, he could have an amazing year. It's all about health, of course, but if he is healthy, and he can have an amazing year. Um, what do you guys have that kind of hopes for him, or do you think? I mean, it is a bold prediction, admittedly, but do you think I'm being a bit ambitious for him? Uh, it's one of those, really. Like we said, everybody always talks about his injuries and things like that, but he's never really missed a heavy amount of games. No, he hasn't. He, he misses like they don't. He starts most of his games, and he doesn't play all the way through them all, but. He, I'm sure his appearances are pretty much along the lines of 15, 15, 14, 16, 16 or something like that for the yeah. last five years, give or take. So he really doesn't miss many. And I, I think that when people talk about injury, they need to think more workload than injury. I don't think his injury itself is a problem anymore. It's more just making sure that it doesn't become a problem at any point. So 
for me, if we can get 12 solid games out of him and then dip him in in and out of some others because we've got other good running backs or potentially good running backs, I'd I'd take I'd take 12 plus touchdowns as long as he's pushing a thousand yards. But of course, if you're if you're going for him getting 1,200, 1,300 and like 17 touchdowns, which is his best season, then yeah. I'd be absolutely ecstatic and. That's MVP material. So, for... so would you would you like to see him on a, on a pitch count? So if he if let's say I know it's too predictable to just do this all the time, but you know what I mean. If if they had him in on first and third down and in the red zone every play, is that what you'd kind of like to see that sort of pitch count? I would, yeah, I yeah. would definitely, yeah. Because like what I said earlier, it's like a lot of people spoke about his red zone presence. It's one of the best without doubt. If we use him there, what we missed completely last year, we didn't. Well, I, what I said earlier, I think we only had eight running touchdowns overall, or like from yeah. our running backs anyway. So we use him like in the first and third, like you mentioned. I think we'll be. I only can see one way for him, and it's like what I said earlier. It's not a gamble to have him. He has a point. He has. He has a point to prove as well. He has he a point does. to prove for the Rams as well. And if he, if he, does what he can, he knows what he, he knows what he can do. He, they'll be, they'll be gutted when he smashes <laughs> yeah. fifteen touchdowns again. Yeah, they will. They will be if he does that. They, they Lewin will be. Um, we're just gonna in a minute. We're just gonna talk on a couple of key points on on the other three teams in the division because obviously this is a Falcons deep dive, so we're only gonna sort of skim the surface with them. Um, is there anything either of you wanted to talk about with the Falcons? Any points or predictions or things we haven't talked about yet about the Falcons before we move on? Just yeah. because. Go on, Cal. You go first. <laughs> well, I was gonna do a bit about Dan Quinn. Just a quick one. Sure. Yeah. Big wave. We know what he was on the hot seat last year, and he's 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 on the hottest seat this year without a doubt. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, I think I it's not like I want any manager, well, coach to get sacked or whatever, but it, it is a business in it at the end of the day. It is. So I think we it's like Arthur Blank came out at the start a couple of months ago and said we have to reach the playoffs no matter what. So I think yeah. it's either playoffs or at least the wildcard spot or he will be gone which is obviously a shame because we like Danny said earlier we we like him a lot but it is a results business and I think if we don't make the playoffs it'd be it'd be it'd be time to go for him and you'd have to say wouldn't you that um he's had a a, a lot of talent on that team especially on offense and he, it's four years since that Super Bowl so as, as as much as he has done a lot for the team and he has and I and I agree with what you said about him as a coach um, it, it is perhaps time, as, as you say, if you miss the playoffs again, uh, it's time to move on. Um, Danny, you were going to add something. I, I was just going to say it would be rude for me to go on a podcast and not talk a little bit about Julio Jones and Ridley. So I'll, I'll just cover <laughs> yeah. our general offense. But sure. what what I was going to raise really is the fact that we've brought in Hayden Hurst and Gurley. It means that we've got a lot more attacking options. So normally Julio gets double coverage, triple coverage, he gets the whole team on him, whatever. Yeah. Um Teams just are not going to be able to plan for the plan the same for us this season. So, even last year in the second half of the season, you know exactly where players are going to cover. They're going to cover Julio, cover Julio, which leaves Ridley free. This year, Ridley's been so unbelievable in the last two seasons for a, only a player that's only had two years in the league. That yeah. you've got them two at wide receiver. You've got Hurst that could have an incredible season, or he definitely has the potential to. And then you've got Todd Gurley. And I just don't think defences will be able to plan like they've been able to plan over the last few years for us. So I think that even if somebody has an off game, we've got a lot more weapons than we've had for in, in recent time. And I just, 
that that's why I'm going ten and six in playoffs. I've got I've got faith. Yeah, absolutely, and and no reason not to. I think you're absolutely right that people can't blanket Jones anymore. They they can. What a lot of teams have done is 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 double him, but often double him with their best corner as well. Whereas yeah. now you feel like they might double him. That's fine, but the best corner is going to have to shift, which means Calvin Ridley gets a one on one with their best corner. He can win that, and then Julio gets double team, but by a second or third round corner, and you're you're like, okay, well he can beat that double team. And then what yeah. one thing I really like about your offense is. I know it's not as simple as this, but like I, I did like the idea in my head. I don't know whether it's the symmetry or what it is, but I like <laughs> I like the fact that you've got players who will be catching the ball at every level, which I think is a big thing for defeating defeating zone. So yeah. you've got Julio who can get deep, and I know Calvin Ridley can get deep, but just if you imagine Julio going on like a a fifteen yard post route, and then yeah. um, Calvin Ridley going on ten yard in, um, Gurley flaring out the backfield. And Hayden Hurst going on a little five yard out or something. You've yeah. got people all over the field, and you you've got so many ways to penetrate zones that zone will be quite hard to play because people have their backs to Gurley as well, which you know you don't want to do that. And then if they go man on man, you've got the talent to out man on man them. So I think you're right that you can get people's defenses in a lot of difficult situations. Yes, I definitely agree. Exactly what what I'd be going for. Cool. Um, okay, so let, let's just talk a, a little bit before we finish about the other teams in your division. We've said it's um, one of the toughest divisions in football, and that is, I, I think anyone who disagreed, uh, I'd like to hear their evidence for that. So um, <laughs> let's start with the Bucks. Um, we've kind of touched on this, but I'm going to start with Cal for this first question. Do you think, you know, the Bucks show a lot on paper, but do you think a lot of it's talk and, and um, reputation and things on paper? Or do you think they have the potential to go to the Super Bowl this year? Because as you said earlier, a lot of people label them as Super Bowl winners, perhaps a bit early. But do you think they have the potential to go there? Do you think it makes that much of a difference just getting a 43-year-old Tom Brady in the building? Well, uh, I hope it's all... Um, yes, yeah. Around them, but <laughs> it's one of them. I, the, the team has improved a lot. And I think I've read a few things about the books. Um, and yeah, the team last year was... It could have done better with what with what weapons he actually yeah. had, and they have added to it. I think it's just just because it is Brady and Gronk coming back together. I think that's where, especially the media, have hyped him up so much. Yeah. Which Brady didn't have his best season last year at all. But I'm not, no, didn't. like what I said earlier, he can he, with the weapons he's got, uh, especially his wide receivers, etc., and Gronk coming back with him. It is one of them where he can. It, it can either work and it work if it works. I think it it could work really well, and they would they could go on to they'll, they'll at least make the playoffs. I still think they'll make the playoffs anyway. Uh, I just don't think they'll be going. I think the media have made it out like a lot of people made it out like they're going to go like fifteen and one or forty two yeah. straight sure. up. And I think it is. If it was a different division and say Brady and Gronk went, I I'd probably agree they could do fourteen and two in certain divisions. But I think with with Falcons, even the Panthers are obviously they're not the best team, but they are growing. And the Saints in it, it's one of the hardest divisions. I think Tom Brady's, they've got Breeze in there, and you got Matt Ryan, and you got like Bridgewater. Overall, you Bridgewater's, I I know he's had a few good seasons off and on, etc. Yeah. But it's one of the strongest divisions with quarterbacks, even though the the three of them are like forty two. 35 and 39 overall but yeah. it's it's a strong division I think I hope it's 
just a hype, but I do reckon. I re- I, I I know it's. I think it is overall a hype, like a, too much of a hype, but it's one of them. It it can go either way. I can I think it could either be a shock to Brady himself, and he's not expecting it, or he can do what he can do, and they'll hit thirteen and three or whatever. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think my my big problem with the Bucks, apart from the fact that. There are a lot. There's a lot of new pieces coming together in a COVID situation where they can't come together. Even though um, an article yeah. came out the other day saying that Brady's still throwing with his receivers, even though they've been told not to. So uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to see if he gets to slap on the wrist for that. But <laughs> um, you know, I, I do worry about that, and I also worry that they haven't got a great running game. Um, n- not that they need a great running game, but I, I just don't think I don't think it's fantastic. And their secondary, which has been their weakness for years, and they still refuse to actually address it. They don't go out and get a premier corner. They don't draft a corner high like you did. It always just seems to be we'll just kind of cope with a rubbish secondary. And like I said, I don't know that Brady can get many shootouts, and um, uh, but that's what he might have to get into because if that pass rusher doesn't get home. Like, you know, at times it didn't last year. That secondary is going to get shredded. Um, Danny, on to the, the Saints with you. Um, do you think um, they'll take a lot of risks this year? Do you think this is going to be a high-risk team? You know, lots of fourth downs, lots of two-point conversions, um, tasty throws into double coverage, you know, because they've been a bit like that anyway. But I just, I, I really feel like this is like a last rodeo season. And I think, I, I think Sean Payton could even move on. I know Saints fans will hate me for saying that, but uh-huh. I, I almost I do wonder whether a team's going to come along who's in a good position to say, you know, we really want you, we'll trade this for you, and kind of yeah. Breeze and Payne might go together. Um, so it's a great time for them to obviously win a Super Bowl, and who knows what the callback position will be after Breeze leaves. They certainly haven't got a successor. I don't care what anyone says about Taysom Hill. Um, so do, do you see it as that kind of year for them? I mean, I'll cover your your, your sure. last bit first. So, uh, Peyton going to me. There's not many teams out there that would that would be able to lure him in because I, I think he'd want a pretty quick project. He's been working with on this for quite some time now, and obviously yeah. the the Saints as a whole have had success. But I I think he I think he's put so much time and effort into this that he'll genuinely believe this this is the team that he he can keep succeeding with. So. Okay. If it is Breeze's last season, I agree they will they will do anything that it takes. They'll they'll lose the style. They won't care how they look on the field. They'll just sure. want they'll just want any kind of win. It doesn't matter how dirty they have to win. Uh, it's a it's so hard to talk about the Saints in a positive way. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I see them having a successful season. Breeze is by far one of the top quarterbacks of all time. You can't knock that. Peyton knows what he's doing. They've worked together for long enough to to get the best out of each other. They've brought new tools in to to benefit the offense, and I I just see him I see him steaming away with the division again. And after what happened to them last season, I, I really don't think they'd stutter the same in the uh, in the playoffs. So I I think this could be their year for for going further on. I'm not going to say Super Bowl because that I'd get shot for it on our page. Yeah. But... <laughs> But you know what I mean? They, they, sure. They've definitely got the potential to do a, a lot more than they have been doing. Sure. Um, next question goes back to Cal. Um, sticking with the Saints, though, um, what happens? So let's say Drew Brees does retire, just for argument's sake. 
What do you make of Taysom Hill and James Winston? Obviously, they're the backups at the moment. And, and obviously, I appreciate that's not the full situation because they could they could trade up in the draft and go and get Trevor Lawrence in, in the draft next year. And then, you know, there, there you go. There's their answer. But do you think they could have an answer in-house? Or what do you think of Taysom Hill and James Winston? I I, I don't mind James Winston. I know his stats last year. Is it 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions? That's right, yeah. I think... I actually enjoyed when we watched him a few times. I enjoyed watching him. To be fair. I think it was just one of them seasons where he sort of hit hard on him. Um, yeah. But I think um, I think he he could be like Breeze got injured last year and I think he broke his one of his fingers. And yeah, but he's been very like he doesn't get injured a lot, etc. But I think with the pressure on him, um, I think I think it'll be his last season. Um, and like what Danny said, they'd be pushing on. But I think they could have. Win- I think Winston could be the number one after he's gone. To be fair, that's my yeah. honest opinion. I think he's. I like him. Me, I won't. Well, I'd never replace Ryan with him. Like Ryan, better, <laughs> yeah. better completely. But for a second, and to learn off Breeze this season, mm. it's only going to be a benefit for him. I think. I think you. You're absolutely right, with James Winston. I think it's really interesting. I think there's a guy with a ton of talent who just doesn't make the right decisions, and he's gone to learn under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And if he can, I mean, if he can throw 35 touchdowns, run 30, and 20 picks rather than 30, I mean, that's still a lot of picks. That would potentially still lead the league. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's good enough to lead a franchise. It, it would be an up and down experience rather than someone who throws. 24 touchdowns and, and eight picks but it would be explosive enough to to do damage and so i think it's really interesting i think the Taysom hill thing i i i just think you know sean Payne can say what he wants and i do trust him and, and i know he's a great coach but i just i think it's it's a gadget thing and it'll always will be a gadget thing i think he'd have got more reps in training camp and things like that if he if he was truly going to be a successor i think it's just a very convenient smokescreen for Peyton when it comes to drafting a replacement if Winston doesn't work out. Um, uh, last question. Um, so let's go to Danny on, on the Panthers. Um, we've talked about briefly about them and, and the fact that we all think they're going to be a competitive team. We, we disagree on their win losses, but you know, we, we've said that we think they'll be in games and they're going to make games hard for people. Um, do you think they could contend with the other three teams, or see you, the Bucks and the Saints next year? Or do you think, it's going to take longer than that, considering how inexperienced at the NFL level as head coaches and things like that, the coaching staff is. And obviously the fact that they've got a really, really young nucleus now uh, in the team. I think that they'd be happy taking a, a half-decent season this year and focusing on the following year. Yeah, I, I think a lot of teams, if they stepped into the Panthers' position in this division, would accept that it'll take some time to build, especially considering where Panthers are coming from. Like you said, they're extremely young, new coaching staff. So it'd be be naive of them to think that they can compete immediately. I'm not saying that they can't because you never know. NFL is a crazy sport. Teams that go 4-12 and finish 12-4 and the following season. But I I think they'd be naive to think that they can match the, the top teams in the division and especially in our side of the conference. So... I think that they'll be looking on to the following season, to be honest with you. Another another draft, another few acquisitions, and I think they'd accept that. I think they'd accept going for the playoffs the following year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think next year is perhaps at the earliest as well. And that's 
that's not to knock the Panthers. If there's any Panthers fans listening, um, <laughs> I think I, I think they've got a really nice young nucleus. I loved their draft. I love the fact that they went, you know, all defense. They went. That's what we need to solve. We've got our quarterback. You know, in theory, to them, they've got the probably the the best running back potentially in the league. Um, and you know you've got some underrated receivers there. If they can solve the defense, they probably do become competitive next year. But there, there's just that part of me that goes, it, it might even be the year after. I think everyone jumps on a bandwagon that year early. We saw that with the Browns last year, yeah. um, and, and the Cardinals. You know, you need to give these teams room to breathe and uh, and improve. But I definitely take on what you're saying about uh, potentially competing next year. Certainly, I think that they are an up and coming team. Okay. Um. That's um, all, all we've got on, on the uh, schedule today. Um, so I want to thank Dan and Cal for coming on and, and offering us insight into the Falcons and their upcoming season. Remember, guys, you can catch them on social media, things like Twitter and Instagram. And they, as they said, they're going to have a YouTube channel up and running as well. So you can go and catch them there. Um, guys, can you give me the address again and the, and the other guys the address so they can find you? Yep. So our Twitter is at ATL Falcons UK and the links to everything else are on there. So if you follow us on Twitter, you'll find our Instagram, our podcast link. Um, we've got two episodes of our own podcasts out so far. We'll Brilliant. be recording the third episode this week, later this week. And we've got uh, two features on there as well. And of course this feature. So we'll uh, hopefully we'll be back on this later in the season at some point. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I mean, uh, I've really loved the conversation. And um, what I'm doing with these is um, obviously having the, the deep dive conversation now, but I'm also knowing down who I've talked to so that when I have a Falcons thing, I can come to you guys and, you know, whether it's, you know, half yearly review or whether it's, oh, guys, you've just traded for this guy. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I want to be able to come to you guys. So um, so you're certainly on the list in that regard. So uh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. No problem at all. Um, so that's it for today, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, it was really interesting having a chat with the guys about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, let us know on social media what you thought of the episode. And keep listening and um, keep uh, spreading the word and getting people on here. And have a great day and we'll talk to you all soon.